Welcome to the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast, where we discuss a wide range of topics from weird science to everyday miracles. We feature interesting people, places, and ideas. This podcast is about getting curious, educating ourselves, and celebrating all the wild, wonderful, and sometimes weird aspects of this world we share. The intent of the show is to open up our minds to new ideas in a fun and informative way and ultimately help deepen our connection with ourselves, each other, and this world we interact with. If you like deep discussions and out-of-the-box topics, you are in the right place. Welcome. Awesome. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number one of Let Your Woo Woo Show. And I couldn't be more excited to have on somebody who I met years ago, and right from the moment I met this man, I knew that we were going to connect on a mental level at some point because he was so interesting. So this is Brent Peshera, or better known as Besh, as we all know him. And Besh is a global citizen of life. He's an explorer. He's a scientist. He's a firehouse philosopher. Um, He spent 24 years in the Canadian military, and he was on the bomb patrol squad. Not only that, but underwater bomb disposal. Like, what the hell? (laughs) It's so cool. And not only that, but he has such a passion for sharing. That's what I love about him so much. And although we can have many, many, many topics today, Besh, because I know that you are interested in so many things. And to say you're a global citizen, I'm going to have to agree with that. Because what I love about the conversations we have had is the fact that you are so open-minded. And you love to share. I know you've done talks in high schools locally. And I know that you've done many um, different activities with people getting them together, opening up their minds, which I absolutely love. So, so happy to have you here locally in Newfoundland. And today, the topic that I wanted to start us off with is all about the um, Newfoundland Winter Tribe that you started. So Mm -hmm. um, we'll start with this and, you know, in maybe another episode, we'll dive into another one of your interests, which I'm super excited to do. But uh, tell us more about this Winter Tribe, Besh, and what it means for you. Uh, again, uh, Stephanie, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, again, I've always enjoyed our conversation. They've always been stimulating, and uh, I also learned from you, right? We're peers, right? It takes a village to raise a village, or in my case, an idiot. So uh, the reason why I started the tribe was uh, uh, a little bit of background is after my 24 years in the military, you know, I was in the infantry as a Navy bomb disposal diver. I served in the Special Forces. I got back from Afghanistan in March of 03. Uh but we're we're in the Canadian military, right? So it's always the Great White North. So for the most of my military career, I froze. I was a professional hypothermic. Uh, I read Alexander uh, Graham's Bell, Alexander Graham Bell's book on um, uh, uh, his biography, and he's a Scottish man, and he'd carpe diem, and he'd be out in his muscle shirt shoveling snow. So I did that too when I got out of the military. But I I just kept freezing. Uh, but then on uh, 2015, I saw Joe Rogan's episode in which he interviews a Dutch man from the Netherlands called the Iceman, and his name's Wim Hof. And because he can, he says anyone can. And what he's done is, uh, uh, through uh, his own explorations, found this Wim Hof method. And what it is is a, a pillars, uh, three pillars of mindset, breath control, and gradual cold exposure. I was so uh, 
uh, enthralled with it that I started doing it on my own and then learning the method, the breath work, the uh, cold adaptation, and then started doing it. But then uh, I was so moved by the, the gentleman and what he's done is that I went to a one-day workshop in Toronto, and then I went on to become a Wim Hof instructor. I went to Amsterdam for part one and then Poland in February for part two. And uh, so to become an instructor, though, you have to run six workshops before you go off between part one and two. So then uh, I said, well, I wanted to have something that was specifically Newfoundland, right? Because as a Newfoundlandologist studying Newfoundlandese, Newfoundlandology is that I've learned that when you spend 10 months of your year indoors, you develop amazing social skills. <laughs> so with that, I ran, right? Uh, I ran six workshops here, but I wanted to also have an own, my own tribe outside of the Wim Hof method. Right, so that's why I, I called it Newfoundland. I wanted to do things in the winter to embrace winter, to get outside, and then also that a tribe. I want a, a group of people that are like-minded, fun, and it's not just about getting into ponds like I'm doing, but it's about, you know, uh, the gradual cold exposure, things of what we can do in the winter, snowshoeing maybe without our jacket on, things like that. It's a gradual approach, right? It's not about being, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Just. Uh, uh, dangerous to ourselves, no, not foolhardy is the term, but being gradual about it and being smart, you know, because we can cause, uh, cause ourselves harm. It's a, it's a very real thing, you know, and so the little safety point is we don't do deep breathing techniques when we're driving, where we're near water, where we can cause harm to ourselves or others, right? It's a safety point. It really can happen. If you're doing also doing our exposure to the water like that, we should also have a buddy, never swim alone, things like that. So uh, the reason why I wanted to start the tribe was, again, just for that, to get some joie de vie, some camaraderie. And uh, since then, it's it's been going on for two years now. And the, the support, the results, uh, and everybody. Now there's, you know, people from around the world that are contributing to the tribe. It, it's a great way to embrace winter. Plus, it also has uh, numerous, numerous health benefits. Uh, one of the leading causes of disease in our uh, in our society is cardiovascular disease, right? Inflammation of our tissues, right? We also have deregulation of our hormones through being sedentary. You know, we stay in little boxes all year round, only at 72 degrees. When are we challenging ourselves? So what's happening is because of this, uh, the classic phrases, we're being civilized to death, right? And so mm -hmm. because of this, then it's causing, causing deregulation in our hormones, causing things like uh, adrenal fatigue, things like autoimmune issues, fibromyalgia, lupus, Lyme's, Crohn's, Addison's, Hashimoto's, Raynaud's, um, uh, diabetes, obesity, some C uh, COPD and some cancers, right? So the body's eating itself from the inside out, right? And so uh, when I left the military, I was a bit of a broken man. Uh, I was on medications uh, while I was in the military and uh, getting out on antidepressants, anti-anxiety, high blood pressure pills. Uh, because I went to the doctor saying, man, I'm stressed out. And he says, you know, son, you're just going to have to learn to deal with it. But didn't give me any tips, tricks, skills, or drills to sort it out. He just gave me pills. But then when I got out of the military, I thought, hey, man, I'm not under that stress anymore. I'd like to get out of it. Uh, so I went to my civvy doctor and said, hey, I'd like to get off these meds. And she says, Brent, you know, a lot of people try to get off of them, but they usually go back on them. So you should just stay on them. I said, wow, that's crazy. So when I talked to my bride, Kellyanne, about that, uh, she lost it. Right, she snapped. So, uh, in the in the in the through the din of the fog of the medications, uh, I just I quit. I quit cold turkey. I guess you're supposed wow. to say that uh, you're not supposed to do that. Consult yeah. a doctor yeah. and all that stuff. Thank but you. for me, yeah. But for me, I had to 
uh, it was just how I, it's, it's how I roll. And so yeah. I just did it. And so for 21 days, I felt I was a total biatch. But then after that, I had my first normal thoughts and haven't stopped. So since then I've taken up yoga, meditation, deep breath work, the gradual cold exposure. And uh, since then uh, it's changed my life. Like my, my health, it gets better and better and better. Like I've been to my doctor since I've started the method um, in 2015, uh, I've been getting two blood tests annually and to, right to monitor my health. And each year my inflammation markers get better and better. My kidneys, my liver, I had a live blood analysis. The, do the doctor that looked at it said, you've got happy blood, right? So this is things that I've done that I've had control of in my own life, right? Because uh, I used to be a former action guy. I used to run down the sides of buildings, climb mountains, uh, paraglide, things like this, deep sea dive and all that stuff. But I can't do that stuff anymore. So for me, living on the edge is exposing myself to these challenges. And it's great. It's, you know, I was in the pond this morning. And uh, the beauty of it is, is it does it does work. And when we get the hook, the hook of it, 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 you know, and we don't have to be so extreme like what I'm doing in the in ice ponds, getting in the ocean. That we can just start with a cold shower, right? So just turning the hot water off, getting a few moments, maybe thirty seconds to a minute of just cold water stimulates the body, right? So what happens is uh, inflammation is the root result of disease. It's like when you get a sliver, you get inflammation around that sliver. That's the body's natural immune system responding to a foreign invader. Same thing when we when we do uh, the uh, the breath work and the cold exposure, we're reducing inflammation in the body, right? Cardiovascular disease, inflammation, right? So what we're doing is reducing that inflammation in the body through the breath work, which has its own medicinal qualities, and also then through the the cold exposure, you know. And also the cold's great for anxiety, depression, paranoia, uh, grief, things like that, because uh, like we're, uh, Van Gogh was prescribed two cold baths a day for his depression, but apparently he didn't listen. But um bum, right? Because yeah. so so that's <laughs> it. So that's in a in a roundabout way, that's why I started the tribe. I love it. So from somebody who has had one real experience with cold exposure. <laughs> so maybe uh the I'm the bridge between some of the listeners and yourself. Right. Um because when I'm listening to you, I mean let's be real. Your experiences are not typical for most people, which right. I know makes you a great leader to help people, you know, come into this world of mm. Um, you know, cold exposure and what it does for the body and everything like that. I also want the listener to know that anybody can do it um, mm -hmm. if it's done right. I love that mm -hmm. you said that in the beginning. Uh, I myself had this. <laughs> I did it with Tony Robbins. We did it. Wim Hof did lead us through it. Um, and it wow. was, I filled my bathtub up with snow. And this is a, this is in the beginning of the end of January. And anyways, I, what I didn't realize was as I was filling the tub up with snow, their advice was to fill the tub up and then add the ice and then jump in. But I had the snow there. So I was filling the tub, the bathtub as they were saying it. By the way, everybody, I was in a bathing suit or at least like shorts and a t-shirt. And But I actually did the cold dip with 2,000 people from around the world in our bathrooms. It was so cool. So anything, I really do believe anything can be done if we, if we you know, put our minds to it. So anyways, but what I didn't realize, Brent, was that my snow, as I'm filling the water up, 
my snow in my bathtub must have been way colder than everybody else's because it had an hour of sitting in water, right? Like, oh, anyways, did it two minutes. And I will say it was so invigorating. Mm. It was so invigorating. The first 10 seconds was hell. <laughs> Just in that my body screamed. It was like, get me out of here. What are you doing to me? Like, this is not right. Um, but then when I just sat in it, and I will have you let us know the actual process. I don't want to give that away. But when I sat in it after doing the ritual first of the breathing ritual um, and just allowed myself, my shoulders to relax, allowed myself to be in the water, it really, um, it was, yeah, it was actually enjoyable as soon as I was done. It and then it was like, it was one of those things where I had, for me, I had to wait until it was completely done for me to really enjoy it. And then I was like, hell yes, I did it. Like I pushed myself out of that comfort zone. I'm somebody who, I am not an extreme with temperatures. I mean, I, I really love to be comfortable, like I'm sure most of the listeners. So I'd love for you to take us through um, the pillars, maybe. Maybe that would be the best place to start in terms of if somebody is now like a little curious on what this is all about. Absolutely. And um, again, great review. Like, and, and by the way, we said it only sucked in the, for the first 10 seconds. Yeah. Right. Well, same thing that I've been doing this now the the Wim Hof method for six years now, uh, it still sucks. But you just, what I do is I've learned not to think about it. I just do it and then enjoy the physiology. So the method's based on three pillars, mindset, breath control, and gradual cold exposure. The mindset part mostly is due to the science. Wim Hof's an adventurer. And again, if you have any questions, just again, wimhofmethod.com. And uh, so with that, he's broken 27 world records, mostly due to cold exposure. But uh, things like swimming under uh, 60 meters under a meter of ice on one breath, right? Uh, in just his shorts, uh, running a full uh, uh, marathon in the Ar Arctic Circle, above the Arctic Circle in Norway in minus 16, where the experts said he would freeze to death in 20 minutes. The man ran for five and a half hours. Uh, again, down to the Namibia uh, desert, ran a full marathon. Again, just shorts and his uh, slippers or sandals and uh, with no water. Right, so just he's showing us what we can do, but he's committed his whole life to this yogic practice, right? And so with that, he's discovered these things, but he's made them accessible to us because we don't have the time in our daily life to go to an ashram or mm. uh, a Tibetan cave or wherever. We got things to do, right? And so we don't have that time. So what he's done is distilled all this yogic knowledge down to this this breathing method, which has physiological effects. Now science. And medicine is now following Wim Hof. Harvard Medicine has a whole mm. chapter based on the physiology of it. So the science is there. So that's the mindset part of the practice. So with the breath work, uh, what happens is, uh, again, science and medicine used to think that we didn't ever have access to our autonomous nervous system. But now through the breath, we do. And this is what Wim brings this understanding. So, uh, you know, in my workshops, I taught for years that our thoughts lead to our feelings, our feelings lead to our actions, our actions lead to our results. Thoughts and feelings happen on the inside, results happen on the outside. The bridge between the inside world and the outside world is action, because if we do nothing, nothing happens. Okay. So, uh, so then with, we know that if we, if, uh, when we give our best, we get our best, as Wim says. 
So for me, in, in going through the Wim Hof method to become an instructor, uh, which that has lapsed, you're only an instructor for a year, you have to recertify, right? I just really wanted to learn the method for myself mm -hmm. so that I could understand what this feelings things were. So basically, when you think happy thoughts, you get happy feelings, right? So when you think of breakfast, you see an image in your mind, maybe toast and egg, whatever. What did you have for breakfast? I had bananas and apples and peanut butter. Right. So when it's you just good. thought, when you just thought bananas, apples and peanut butter, what did you see in your mind? I saw bananas, apples, peanut butter, and I'm smiling. Right. Because it was right. good. So right. That so that simply was a picture of the past with only the meaning that you give it. What's your, what are you going to have for supper? Uh, I think I'm going to have leftover vegan butter chicken. Oh, no, no. So there you go. I thought of the future. You had a picture in your mind of the vegan chicken, right? So there, a picture of the future. That's all our thoughts are, as far as I figured out, is simply pictures in our mind. So, but mm -hmm. when we have a good thought, happy thoughts, we get happy feelings. Well, what Wim shows us now is that if we're, you know, again, if we're in this civilized to death model, Right, we're hmm. being deregulated by lack of activity, lack of sense sensation. First time I've heard that, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So with that case, then uh, the body starts to eat itself from the inside out. So what we want to do is help re-regulate re-regulate the hormones. So when we breathe hard enough, fast enough, we start to create a fight-flight response in the body, like hyperventilation. But the method is conscious, focused, and induced. Conversely, if I use a yoga breath, long, slow ins through my nose, long, slow outs through my nose, regardless of the count, just slow in through the nose and slow out through the nose, I'm telling my body, everything's all right, everything's okay, right? But if I'm breathing, right, I'm telling my body, hey, there's potentially lions, tigers, or bears. What happens in that moment is because I've breathed hard enough, fast enough, I elicit an adrenaline response. That adrenaline response suppresses inflammation in the body. It also releases its own anti-inflammatory cytokine proteins, okay, also uh, suppressing more inflammation. It raises our oxygen, lowers our CO2, raises our alkalinity through our pH levels and lowers our acidity. This all helps to deactivate pain receptors in the body, right? And this is just simply through the breathing method. And there's a, a guided breath, Wim Hof breath, I'll, I'll share with you on, uh, from YouTube. So that takes 11 minutes. So our shower takes two minutes, because that's all you need to elicit to get a cold response. The, uh, the breathing takes 11 minutes. So there's a whole 13 minutes, right? Are you not worth that kind of time throughout mm -hmm. the day? Right. And so then the gradual cold exposure. So again, we can just go outside, stand in the snow, maybe just in our t-shirt. We can get cold from the cold shower, right? I've just taken it again. I was, I've been outside my whole military career and as a Navy diver for 18 of those years. Uh, being cold is just, I'm used to it. So I just, uh, I just went at it, as they say. So, but now this is six years later. And now I, I did 26 minutes uh, a few weeks ago, right? I want to get 30 minutes by the end of this season in the, in the ice water. So, because uh, you can only really get that, like you sat in the snow, you can only re really get that cold when you're exposed to that much cold, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, the volume of it. So it is an impressive, because you can't get this in the summertime. No, and what I actually, that brings up another point I cannot forget to talk about is, is what we can do in the summer. But um, I had just, on the stress response, and maybe you can speak to this, but I am um, just listening through podcasts and doing a little research, because like yourself, I'm a student of life and love like 
biohacks and all that. Um, and what I didn't realize, although it makes complete sense to me, is that the stress response, um, that that actually fights disease. It's not until we stop, because and it just makes sense. Like our bodies, if we're in fight, flight, freeze, or in a stress response, it really doesn't have um, time to worry about other diseases, right? So it's just trying to keep us uh, as physically fit as possible in this moment. Hence why doing this kind of so stuff, I'm assuming, Brent, is really, really helping to um, boost the immune system just from that simple fact, using our physiology to do it. And I know that um, Wim Hof also had an experiment, not just with him, but with students. Um, uh, they injected them with the stomach bug or with... Um, I can't remember. It was like some sort of stomach bug or food poisoning. And anybody who did the Wim Hof breathing did not get sick. Correct. So yeah, this is something that, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's called the endotoxin study. And it's endotoxin a published study. study. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it, it wasn't even the active cells. It was the dead cells of uh, uh, the endotoxin, uh, the bacteria, just the dead cells of it. And so after 15 minutes, you should be getting... Uh, shivers, uh, headaches, and, and feeling cold and that, and, and they didn't. And that's through the method, right? So yeah. you hit it right on the head, and it's called hormetic stresses. So yes. we can get shock proteins through either the heat or the cold. I don't have a sauna, so I, I hit the pond. So these hormetic stresses stress the body out. And just like you said, well, very perceptive of you, is that when we expose ourselves to these hormetic stresses of heat or cold, it shocks the body. The body says, okay, whoa, I'm no longer going to deal with the uh, the trance, this, the the trance that we're in, the civilized trance of being civilized to death. We're no longer in that trance. The body says, "Hey, this is something real. I'm going to stop uh, chronically." Because that's the issue: is we chronically are releasing stress hormones, right? Mm -hmm. All the bells, dings, and whistles in our life—they're creating little stress hormones, and all the the, uh, the this just in our society, all the uh, the social media. The, the YouTube, all the, the gram, the book, all of this stuff is overloading our, our processor and it's causing these uh, little uh, stresses in our body, causing adrenal fatigue. So what, when again, when we expose ourselves to the cold, it's shocking the body into saying, okay, whoa, I'm not going to stop this chronic uh, deregulation of my hormones. I'm going to give you a fresh adrenaline, fresh cortisol, fresh epinephrine, a shot of sugar from the liver and so you to deal with this. What that does, though, is what they figured out, and yogis have known for thousands of years, is that that helps re-regulate hormonal release, mm. all right? Uh, in doing so, then that helps uh, suppress inflammation. But also, when we do this kind of work, we can get deep access to our emotions. So in doing this work through the breathing, so, you know, uh, I've had mystical experiences through deep breathing techniques. When I got out of the military in 07, uh, I took up yoga and I just kept reading and practicing these breathing techniques. Well, I've had some fantastic, uh, again, you'd only could call the mystical experiences through, mm -hmm. through just taking the time to sit with myself long enough to allow, to elicit this, these responses. Yes. So again, we, uh, we activate the fight flight response through the breath that gives us a shot of adrenaline. When we do the cold, we are exposing ourselves because the cold, as we've learned is a noble, righteous teacher. It's a presence. And, uh, so what I do is when I go, so back to what we're talking about, the mindset, the breath control, and the cold exposure. So I charge my body, and when we do the health benefits from the, the Wim Hof breath last five, six hours, right? So I've charged my body with breath. That takes 11 minutes. And I go and do my two to five to 10 minutes in the pond. Then I'm getting that another shock, another hormetic stress of the cold. And so 
so the thing is we have the mindsets. We know the science works. We know that uh, Wim's done it and now he teaches others to do it. So now we're seeing hundreds and thousands of people getting it and learning it for themselves and applying it. Because that's the key word is applying it because we do nothing, nothing happens, right? Mm -hmm. Faith without, as King Solomon said 5,000 years ago, uh, faith without action is dead. You got to do something like that's anyways. So that's it. So <laughs> we can definitely go on another yeah, topic. I'm yeah, with you. Yeah, 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 yeah right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. that that's yes. a big, that's a chapter in itself. Um, so then we do that. And then, um, so we've done breath work. Uh, uh, you can do a five minute meditation. Meditation is one I found in, in my uh, surviving the military, as they say, you know, Kellyanne fireman carried me out of there basically. And um, is that um, that the meditation gives us access to our sub-programming, not our mm -hmm. conscious thoughts, but it gives us access to what's happening on the inside because there's an inside world and an outside world. When we actually take a few minutes, and I recommend, and those that have done this uh, have had profound changes in their lives, and all you need is five minutes for five days. Just sit, sit with oneself, the classic phrase, nosisipsum, which is be still and know thyself. Know thyself. So when we just sit still and listen to the programming, and again, don't take my word for any of this. This is only my best guess. And this conversation isn't for everybody, because if you're happy and you know it, right. So, but when we actually do the work and act, sit with ourselves, it's amazing that what happens, that we get access to this inner coding, our inner programming, then we're seeing how we're projecting ourselves out to the world, right? Our actions upon others, right? Mm -hmm. So I've learned, I've learned so much just by sitting with myself. And then, you know, uh, but then is it, do I, do I continue that poor behavior? Do I, do I keep that going over into the next day and into the next day and the next day? Or do I stop that, the, the bullshit and, and, and get to a higher game, right? Like I, I say now, and I've said for years is that to make the greatest possible social change uh, for yourself in your life is just simply be the best version of yourself. Yes. And, and that's it. And that's be kind, love to all. And it does, it's not cliche. It, it really works. Yeah. I the know. fact that you're, you and I are talking here now is, is proof of that. I have the book here. And for those like it's be the change you want to, you must see in the world or you wish to see in the world by Gandhi. Um, and uh, yeah. So those of you who are on YouTube can see the notebook, but that whole, I, that's exactly what you're saying, Besh. And, or at least that's what I believe you're saying. Well, it's kind of neat because I take Gandhi's phrase. He says, you must be the change, but must yeah. is an implication of some future event. Yes. Whereas I work from the present moment. So I say, my phrase is, you are the change you wish to see in the world because you're now, you're a result now. When Gandhi says you must be, that means that's in the future. That Good means point. it can't really, can't happen right now. So yeah. then it's like, but now, but so I am, so I am. So that means I I am the change I wish to see in the world. You are the change you wish to see in the world. Does yeah, that make also, sense? Oh, it makes total sense. I also, it's semantics, but semantics are important. Yeah. Um, it's semantics, sorry. <laughs> also semantics, whatever you want to say. But no, mm -hmm. I, I, what I see from it is uh, also the must part of it. And, uh, you know, we digress, but I love it is the fact that um, the must as in you have to, and it's not right. you have to, you are. 
I mean, whether yeah. you want to or not, you are. Right. And that's right. the whole point of this podcast, actually. And uh, one of the things, the reasons why I am doing this Let Your Woo Woo show is to make learning fun um, and to expose myself primarily, really, and hopefully others to a whole different world that they may not have been exposed to. And yeah, it's more on a cerebral level right now. And you know, when it comes to cold exposure, the reason why I asked you is because I knew that you were the one I knew who knew the most about it in my uh, chain of people and probably beyond that, to be honest. Um, and I had one experience with it and I thought, hey, like people need to know about these ways that we can really live our life by design. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about this citizen, um, to me, I'm like, yes, thank you. Because um, this citizenship, this mainstream, the whole point of this podcast is to really um, change what mainstream looks like, because essentially we are mainstream, no matter what we're being, right? So what I mean by that is, is that um, we can collectively follow the stream of what everybody else is doing, or we can choose to maybe take a little different path on that, maybe do a different breaststroke, maybe, you know, maybe we go down a detour on a stream. Um, and that exploration is really, that's all human evolution. So exploration equals evolution. And I really do feel like we are on the cusp of major evolution in the human human consciousness. So, you know, each one teach one. Um, the whole thing is each one wake one. Like if you're woke, wake one. And so that's um, really what this whole podcast is all about. So thank you for that digression. Thank you for that um, ability to make that plug there, Besh. I think the thing that I'd like to make sure is covered um, today is really, I guess, the major, major, major why on people would want to do this. And I know you've already talked about the benefits, um, but if you could sum that, the benefits of it up into why somebody who has never been an adventurer, why would they want to do this and how can they do it in their daily lives specifically? I know you've already touched on it, but maybe if we could, uh, you know. Wrap that uh, up. Wrap, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Well, it's again, this, this conversation isn't for everybody and uh, you're only going to do what you want to do, right? And I've had some uh, pretty horrific experiences in life. I was in the military. I've witnessed uh, people die, um, mm. uh, some friends. Um, and I've had great personal tragedy. So uh, if, if I didn't learn to take care of myself, because nobody can take care of me. You know, Stephanie, as much as I love you and care about you, you still got to get up. You got to brush your teeth, get dressed, make your oh, bed. Oh, shoot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right. So we're only going to do what we want to do. And this conversation is for those for me is because what I've learned, I've learned to heal myself by standing on the shoulders of giants. I've read the books. I've had the luxury of study. So for me, I've committed myself to continually being a student of life, but also a scientist in the, the measurement of that. What am I seeing? You know, they say that uh, faith is belief in things unseen. Right. But my faith has a daily application. I see the results of my faith every day, mm -hmm. right? I used to think when people said, oh, I communicate with nature, I thought that was like, huh? <laughs> but now when you do enough work, 
you then see that, oh my God, she is talking to us. So when, for those that have ears to hear and eyes to see. So that's what I focus on is connecting to myself. And because I do connect myself, I connect to nature because we are nature. The very cells of our body come from Mother Earth. So there's this global consciousness. So that's what I'm tying into. There is no they, right? There's only friends I haven't met yet. So if I can sum this up is if it works for me, if I, uh, if, if I out of the things that I've experienced, the tragedies in my life and the ho horrific experiences, if I can, you know, stand up, dust myself off, because like I share is it doesn't what happens to us that matters. It's how do we choose to respond to the situation versus reacting, right? So I've just learned... Because when I got out of the military, I took three months off and just started to study and just kept studying. And um, just what really worked for me was all the poets, prophets, professors, painters, physicists, politicians, padres, priests, parsons, preachers, performers, playwrights, philanthropists, pilgrims, podiatrists, principals, painters, and philosophers. So I've just really uh, found that they were all saying this commonality of their message. I got these, when I got out of the, was getting out of the military, transitioning, I had more time to open my mind to other concepts. And I just started because I was listening to podcasts, reading articles, listening to the uh, articles on the CBC and just got it that they're all saying the same thing using their words and their vernaculars and their syntaxes of where they're from in the world and their time. That they're saying that basically, and these are the tenets that I found in the cosmic breadcrumbs, is they're all saying that what we focus on, we attract into our life. What we put out is what we get back. What we resist persists. Right? If we do nothing, nothing happens. So by living these tenets, I'm able to, for me, I'm living a life worth living for myself, only for myself. Like what I do, like I got up this morning for a couple hours and meditated, right? Because I knew today I just wanted to be as clear in my head as possible and just speak from my heart to you because uh, I'm a big fan. So, uh, but again, it's not for everybody, but those that want to step up, and that's the beauty of nature is her unconditional love for us is that she'll let us shit the bed for lifetimes, lifetimes. But mm -hmm. when we're ready and we're done digging in the dirt in the density of this material experience that we're having, and we want to say, okay, I'm ready. Bam. Yeah. I there. surrender. I'm here. I, yeah. Bam. I surrender. <laughs> I give yeah. up being egoic in my life yes. and, and lead, lead with my heart. And mm -hmm. then this is what happens. And again, you don't have to take my word for it. You can think I'm just, you know, full of poppycock and whatever. But but when we do that work, again, if we want to be a kind person, now, especially during these dark, uncertain times, now is the easiest time to be a good person. <laughs> right? Exactly. So uh, living, live a life worth living, living a life worth living. These are these are words that I truly embrace. Right? And but it's only for me. This is I'm doing this for myself. It's for completely selfish reasons, completely selfish reasons. Yes. That's why I talk to schools. That's why, you know, uh, I talk with groups of people because uh, my selfish reasons is I want better science. I want better government. I want better education, right? We shouldn't be charging our children uh, money to learn. Would you charge your child to learn to tie their shoes and to learn things that are not necessarily applicable like uh, you know there are so many and we could go off on a whole different topic right, here right but, you know the a lot of what they learn it's not necessarily is it bad it's not about that no no is it helpful right and so i wonder how much we're really helping our students uh, because, you know, students to me, I'm kind of like, why does student have to stop at 18 or 24 right. or 26? But 
um, yeah, well, what are we doing to help these, to help the next generation to be fully equipped to live in this world that is so different from us? Like here, oh my goodness, Besh, I'm like, okay, will we go on this topic or will we have a part two? <laughs> because I could talk about this stuff forever. So I, I'm actually going to, we will uh, definitely have a second topic where I would love for us to um, just discuss what we believe philosophies that we believe would help. So everybody stay tuned. There is going to be a part two on that. So Besh, I interrupted. I am so sorry, but please continue on why you um, do what you do in schools. Yeah, again, for selfish reasons, in the sense I want a better society. And so like you go to other countries in Europe, their school systems for free. They, they bring in foreign mm. students to attend their classes because they want a better society. The mm -hmm. fact that we're bridling our, our children with crazy amounts of debt that they can't even declare bankruptcy on is such a disservice to our society. Anyways, that, that breaks my heart. Uh, children are our greatest natural resource. We should be going out of our way to make it fun, make it mm -hmm. and, and help them really be the creative people that they are so that they can go into their kind of like a Montessori concept where they can go into the fields of interest. That's right. Right. Like Einstein yeah. says, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. So I would want, if, if, if I could change society, I would want school systems to be that, that they are free, that we encourage you to go to society because you're only going to bring that knowledge back to our society in mm -hmm. spades. But if you're shackled with debt, then you got to do a, a, a J-O-B thing from a Monday to a Friday, from an eight to four kind of stuff. Right? You're not then inspired in that field of science or geology or biology to move our species forward. So I think it's exactly. a disservice. That's all I and, have And to the say evolution, <laughs> I think that that's a beautiful thing to say about that, Brent. And the evolution anyway of us uh, as human beings is, it's we're gonna have robots doing everything for us. So what is going to be right. employable? And really, mm -hmm. this is why creativity, the arts, all of this, you know, expansion of knowledge, um, this is what's going to continue to set us up um, for success as a species, opening up our minds, you know, finding connections, um, like again, with uh, what you do, with what I do with this podcast. Let's make connections between, you know, fact and fiction mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. science and, you know, uh, creativity. I, I mean, just the fact that people think that science isn't creativity to me, I'm like, wait, now what are you talking about? People who are scientists, I mean, it's just the creativity in their field. So Absolutely. what I, to me, creativity is basically how are you expanding your mind, right? It's, it's how are, how are we um, thinking outside the box on whatever topic it may be. And that's how we expand our human consciousness. That's how we are going to go into the future. Um, and if you look at any of the uh, new age philosophers, they're going to say the same thing. It's we really, really need to tap into our consciousness more um, in order for us to evolve. And that just goes with trying with, um, you know, staying on top of the whole technology aspect of the world right now. And that's a whole other huge subject for sure. Oh, I wanted to say about the, what I wanted to thank you for, um, Brent, is the fact that, uh, you know, I know that you say it's selfish and uh, yeah, selfish is what it is in the most beautiful way in that um, the fact that you took the time after having uh, an experience in the military, and we've talked, I know that you've had other tragedies besides that. And the fact that you took that time that was available to you that you earned, 
and you used it to, like you say, to become a global citizen, to uh, expand your knowledge. And if we talk about, you know, that being in itself um, contagious, you know, in the terms of going back to be the change or you are the change. Yeah, you know what? You are the change because now what you, the emotional contagion that we all are, our emotions are contagious. And maybe we'll go on that in another day, but our emotions are contagious to those around us. We emit that energy outside of us up to nine feet. So, you know, you think you're standing in a grocery store and, uh, you know, you're not being affected in the six feet distance today. Well, if somebody's emotions are quite high, then, hey, you know what? You may be affected by their emotional contagion. But with you, you are not infecting anybody with um, the more that you work on yourself, you're infecting them with kindness, with love. You know, that's the energy you're admitting. And so when we think about our responsibility as a human being, it's like you said before, if this information isn't for you um, because you are happy and you know it, clap your hands, right? That's amazing because you've already done your part. By being happy, you've done your part. You are the change. You need to do no more. Right. You need to do no more. But if, you know, if, there is some part of you that feels like there could be some improvement on how you walk about this planet. Like I know for me, Besh, oh my goodness, how many years have I spent of my life just feeling irritated 24 seven, you know, like just irritated, not knowing why being triggered all the time. That's why I'm here today. You know, I had a pretty mainstream growing up, but it wasn't without its trauma. There's, you know, different levels of trauma for different people, but that trauma, I used it to wake up you know, because I didn't want to experience it anymore. And that's what I really, um, you know, coming from two people, I'm not saying I'm completely woke. Um, I'm working on that daily, you know, work in progress, but, you know, just um, two people who are able and willing to do the work to wake up to um, just for ourselves, it automatically has a ripple effect. So I thank you so much for everything mm. that you do, everything that you've done, everything that you put out there to the public, because all of it, every bit of it I know uh, is done with love and is done with curiosity and the best intent. And beyond all that, you know what? The work is done. The work is Working done. on it. It's not, it's not done till they close the lid. That's right. That's, That's how I feel too. You can't take a day off. No. Well, and student, right. if you're a student of life, I mean, which all of us are, I, I <laughs> to go on one last little tangent, but students of life, I mean, you can be a student of life or you can choose not to be, but you're going to be taught anyway. You know, <laughs> so it's kind of like what you said, what you resist, you pers persist. Yeah. yeah so yeah. whether you want to be a student or not, you're going to be taught. Um, <laughs> I have, because Besh with this whole, um, uh, podcast, I wanted, I'd asked you before, if you'd lead us through a quick meditation. Are you still up for that? How do you feel about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So for those of you um, in this podcast, and Besh, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I'm sure you would have said it too. If you are listening to this podcast and driving, please keep your eyes on the road or pause it, come back to it. Um, yeah. And all in the show notes, I'll put the time of the meditation. So that way you don't, you don't have to skip through everything. You can just see this exact time and come back to it. If now is not the best time. Mm, well done. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so uh, just, yeah, just relax, get comfortable. Uh, again, we're going to just going to go through some breathing concepts, some breathing understandings. 
What I'd like you to do is just put one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly. Okay. Just observe your breath. Observe its rate, its measure, its tempo. Now, I want you to just concentrate on your belly. Put your hand on your belly and just breathe in from your belly. Up to the chest. Hold for a sec and let go. Belly, chest, head, let go. One more. Belly, chest, head, let go. Okay, now just simply close your mouth and just breathe through the nose. Slow ins and slow outs in your own time. Slow ins, slow outs, just simply through the nose. And when we breathe in this fashion, what we're doing is telling the body through the vagus nerve that everything's all right, that everything's okay. That's it. Just settle into the breath. Exclude the outside world except for my voice. Just listen. Listen to your breath. Slow ins, slow outs. Now slowly bring attention to your heart. Bring attention to your heart and listen. Can you feel your heart pulsating 125,000 kilometers of veins, arteries, capillaries through your body? Can you feel that? Now slowly bring your attention to the room, listening to the room. What can you hear? What sounds can you hear on the outside? Can you feel the sensation of the seat against your backside, the temperature of the room, the sensations, maybe there's a draft? Can you feel those sensations on the outside? Now I want you to come back to your heart. Come back inside, focus on your heartbeat, focus on your breath. This is the inside world. And in the inside world, we have access to the infinite. If we give it time, if we give it patience, and we listen, we can hear anything we wish to dial and focus into. There's an inside world and an outside world. In through the nose and out through the nose. Now bring your attention back to the room. The sounds, the temperature, the sensations, they're on the outside. Come back into your heartbeat. This is on the inside. There's an inside world and an outside world. Where we want to stay, where we want to be is on the inside. Listening to our heart and listening to our thoughts. Our thoughts are simply pictures in our mind, simply pictures. They only have the meaning that we give it. If something's important enough, write it down on a piece of paper and then let it go. Thoughts are simply pictures that are like clouds in the sky, like leaves in the river. We're the mountain or we're the rock. We're the stillness or the quiet or the observation and the awareness. And that's what we are on the inside. Awareness, observation, and stillness. And this is the essence of who we are. Quiet awareness, quiet observation, and stillness. 
And from the essence, from the essence of nothing comes everything. As we do, we do come from nothing. And here we are, we exist, we reside. So it's a choice. Simply life is a choice. Do I choose to participate with nature? Do I choose to participate with myself? Do I choose to participate? Do I choose to act on my inspirations and my intentions? Or not? It's all a choice. Do I have the accountabilities of my choices? Do I follow my intentions up with actions? It's all a choice. I'll just take a big breath in. Hold. Let go. Big breath in. Hold. Let go. Big breath in. Hold and let go. Just know that you have access to this stillness, this cosmic awareness, anytime throughout the day. Anytime you choose to connect to the awareness and the observation and the stillness of ourselves, just sit still and know thyself and listen to our heartbeat, listen to our breath. We can always dial in and connect to that stillness, the still voice within inside of us. Listen. Because when we ask the questions, we'll get the answers. Ask and it is given. Ask great questions and we'll get great answers. So know that this is your tool. This is a superpower. This gives us access to our, our code, our programming, our subroutines. that allows us to change who we are. And if we choose to become better, and that's a choice. And it follows up with action. That's simply it. So know that you're amazing. Know that you're awesome. Know that you are a child of the stars. And nature just only wants you to succeed. And when we're ready, she's ready. That's that little step of faith. That's all she wants us to do is take that step of faith because she'll work with us. She's always there, but she'll not work for us. So know that you're amazing and you're loved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was beautiful. So on that note, Brent, where can people reach you? I know you have besh.ca, which is B-E-S-H.ca. Yeah. And what? where else can they reach you? I'm also on the, the Facebook, uh, the Newfoundland Witcher Tribe. You know, I like to hang out there and promote uh, the goodness of Newfoundland because you only need 18 degrees to start cold exposure, and that's a warm day here in Newfoundland. <laughs> I think right. we're already we're already built for it. I mean, look yeah. at this beautiful tan, right? I mean, like, <laughs> uh, although it's saying that, I don't know if it's just your lighting. However, you for somebody who is uh, in Newfoundland, you have a lot of color, Besh. Um, yeah. And that's for, of course, the listener who cannot see you. I myself, very pale, Besh, very wonderfully um, looking very uh, tropical in his Hawaiian shirt in the middle of winter, which I love, and his wonderful skin tone, which I'm sure is about getting out in the sun, even in the cold. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, so because, Brent, here's the thing, is that I'm a huge podcast fan. And so one of my favorite things, which I'm going to throw at you, one of my favorite things about podcasts is the last few questions. Um, so I'm going to warn the listener, Besh had no idea I was going to do this because this is episode one. So he gets to be the guinea pig. Uh, are you okay with answering a couple of uh, not so, not super private, but maybe let us get to know you a bit better questions? Mm -hmm. well, of course. Okay. All right. So. The first one is, 
What is one item you could not live without? Well, uh, believe it or not, it's my meditation cushion. I, oh. I sit on that. Yeah, yeah. I sit on that. Uh, it's just a cushion. I got it at Winners, but it's a cushion I, I, I love. Uh, uh, I use it all the time. It's the right height, you know, and uh, I was on it this morning. So if I had to go to the space shuttle or the space station, I would take that, but I guess I wouldn't need it in space. But you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, I'm going to qualify my question next time. I like yeah. that better. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going yeah, to the space right. station. What are you going to take yeah, with right. you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So your meditation pillow. I, you know what? That's a pretty good one. I have to say, I also have a pillow that I love, although mine is a meditation pillow, but it's not meant to be that it's more, um, orthotic, like <laughs> for, yeah, right. for tailbone, but, uh, Hey, works. Okay. So, uh, if you could ask your maker, mother nature, you know, God, whatever you want to name the thing that's around us, if you could ask your maker one thing, what would it be? That's such a neat question. Uh, what would it be? Um, fabulous question. Um, you know, what's really neat is uh, for what I know in life right now, I'm just so happy. I actually don't have really need. I don't have any questions right now because I kind of get my role in life and I kind of yes. get my ability to participate. So I don't mean to, I'm not shirking the question, but I, I get life, you know, and I get yeah. it. So I don't really have any, any more questions. And that's kind of neat that I've gone far enough down this path for myself that, uh, you know, I don't have any questions. It's kind of a neat. I love um, that. Yeah. Cause I get it. I understand the, the cosmic presence. I understand, uh, you know, we're here, we're carbon based life forms. We have a beginning and an end. And so it's like this. So if I just may add is that, I've got a few theories and one of them is like life's like an amusement park. There's only one rule to the amusement park. The park opens at 10 and the park closes at 10. What we do between 10 and 10 is up to us. We can go for a show. We can go for a ride, go for lunch, or just simply sit on the park bench. Be advised the park is going to close. So what we do between 10 and 10 is up to us. Now, um, do we know what happens after the park? Well, the atheists and the fundamentalists would think that we're one time conscious, one time goo. We only get one life. Whereas the rest of the four, the other four fifths of the population of the planet think that we're an infinite energy being temporarily experiencing infinity through our mortal experience. So the mm -hmm. math is nothing up my sleeves is we either get one life or we get them all one right. life or we get them all. So that's your choice. That's ultimately the biggest choice is do I get one life or do I get them all? But I, I have enough evidence in my own life and conversations to understand that mathematically we must get them all. Yeah. Cause there's too much, goodness going on for it only to be a one-time thing. So that's kind of it. That's, uh, if I would have a, one question, it would then, is this, is this part true? But that's kind of the math of it. And yeah. it's up to each and every one of us. Am I here one time? Oh, this is the next part. Next part. Thanks for reminding me is one life or them all. What are we doing with the, the life that we're having right now? What are we doing with the lifetime we've got right now? So that's why I love, love the adages. I am the change I wish to see in the world. You are the change you wish to see in the world. What am I doing with the life that I have now? Mm -hmm. Right? And, and it's, again, back to choices and accountability, intentions and actions. 
I love it. I love that answer. Mm. And mm. you know what? Uh, that actually was probably a trick question for you is right. Because, you know, if you're in the uh, receiving mode of information, you know, there's this whole thing where it's kind of like, okay, well, I really maybe not directly get an answer, but the answer's always there when, you know, so there's no prolonged question going on. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that I'm 100% there, but I'm clear enough in my wakedness to uh, see that. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, in a few short words, what is your philosophy on life? Well, that's it. Back, this is what I've learned from the breadcrumbs. Again, when I got out of the military, I studied everybody. I studied like uh, Plato, Hermes, Aristotle, Newton, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Ronald, Donald, mm. Deepak, Chopra, Einstein, Confucius, Emerson, Thoreau, Lao Tzu, Raiden, Lipton, Campbell, uh, Wim Hof, uh, right? All of these sages have written down what they and so when i've read all those books i would i would always underline the application what did they do mm -hmm. what did jesus buddha muhammad what did those cats do right and uh but I, i've studied everything from quantum physics to ancient tribal wisdoms right uh sifu sufi sages mages magi magicians medicine men medicine women wizards warlocks and witches right gurus these are all amazing people that have had uh that have written it down. I've just collected those nuggets and then applied it to my life. So if I could say anything, it would be, uh, again, what we put out is what we get back, what we focus on, we attract, what we resist persists. If it is to be, it's up to me. And that's Ooh, kind of the- I like that. Right. If it but is it's to also be, up it's to, up to me. It's up to me, ye, and we, right? Yeah. It's a team effort. Life's a team effort. So that's kind of it. It's just, I live by those simple tenets. I don't try to make it, because it's not, it's not difficult, right? In the sense, there's a simplicity of life. Warning, there might be a little bit of work involved, but once we truly commit to that path, that path is relatively short because the accomplishment of our goals is assured the moment we commit ourselves. Small world, but it's got a lot of, you know, that's why patience, pro uh, procrastination, and persistence all pay off immediately. Mm. If I have the persistence, sure. If I have the procrastination, then I'm just, my results are going to be further to the right so that's it so uh when i just commit to myself the practices of being a good human good citizen a good person on the planet man the results uh I, i'm so thankful and grateful for the life that uh i have after the experiences i've had and then the friends i have and the love and the community support of just again just being a good doobie man just being a good egg and and being a nice guy uh again i'm just thankful and grateful to have the life i have yeah. Well, I am so grateful to have connected with you. Um, there is, well, thank you. There is one more question. Um, it's very simple, simple. Yeah. It, but I have a feeling it's not gonna be simple for you. What book do you recommend? What is, what has been the one book, Ash, one book that you would recommend to the reader that made the most impact on your life? Um. Huh? Wow. I, I'm a reader too. So like this question, yeah. I'm asking it because I know for me, it'd be very hard to answer. Yeah. Uh, again, I've, uh, on my Kindle, I've got hundreds, hundreds, maybe 700 books on my Kindle. I've, uh, again, I'm a compulsive reader. I read every mm. night. My, my wall of hard copy books is stacked. Uh, but the material, if, if for one, if one wants to understand the nature of reality, the nature of what's going on, 
um, in the in the sense of the the presence of our our role in life and how we're participating with nature. Uh, there's a series of books called the Seth Material, S E T H, okay. Seth Material, and also the Raw R A Material, and um, it's just material that's channeled information. It's, again, it's by a person who's sensitive enough to. If you could ask an angel who's on the outside of the park that we talked about, the amusement park. Yeah. If you could talk to someone outside the park that's participating with you, well, that's what channeled material is, is these people are sensitive enough that are able to ask questions to entities outside the park. Right? Yeah, I think the most well-known would be Abraham Hicks. Like, that's yeah, uh, more, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, mainstream, mainstream. channeling. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Seth that's it. and Raw. Oh, yeah, they are the raw material. And there's uh, Carla Rueckert, the lady that was the medium in that. Uh, she's got a wanderer's handbook. So for those of us that are sensitive in life, that are going through life, and it's like, I really don't fit in, I really don't belong, the Wanderer's Handbook is, uh, it, again, peace of mind, right? When you understand our role in life, there's just a, a quietness. There's a, that white noise in the back of our head stops, right? And that's the mm -hmm. power of astrology. So when I had my chart done, it just squelched that white noise in the back of my head. I, I understood my role. So all the world's a stage. Yes. You're playing a role. You're playing yes. the role of yourself. If you're playing that role in a movie or in a story, wouldn't you want to have the script of the character you're supposed to play? Exactly. That's the power of astrology is in the sense of it gives you the script of who you're playing, the role you're playing this lifetime. That's right. Still within choice, still within everything, but helping to make the right choices for yeah. you, yeah. me, for us. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. love it. Well, you couldn't have been a better first guest um, in everything. And I'm sure we're going to have other conversations. There's no doubt. But you hit no the doubt. nail on the head with that last part in that the whole point of this podcast is to attract um, people. And selfishly for me, Besh, is I want to, through this podcast, find my tribe. It's also to validate myself in my journey. Like you said, the wanderer. Because these conversations although I could have them all day long. I'm trying to find a partner to have them. I'm not saying that they're not out there. I've actually found more people are open to having these conversations than I actually knew. However, this space, this stage is a great way to normalize and just go about that wandering journey and know I'm not alone. The listener's not alone. You know, let your woo-woo show. Let the mm. world know what your journey is. Be your weird and authentic and beautiful self. You know, own that. Look for it. Learn about yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, when we we are, the chances of our being here are trillions to, to one. Right. Like the number is not even, doesn't even exist on the chance right. of us being here. So we are not a mistake. We are, you know, we are here on purpose. We are divine. We are all connected. Yeah. Whatever I do affects my world, then affects your world. So we are um, who we need to be. We are that already. Um, who we want to be, that is our choice. We're, you know, as we're living. Um, so yeah, what you want to put out there. I think the main thing that I want to say is thank you again, Besh, for being here. Thank um, you so much for sharing yourself with the world so unselfishly. And to those listeners, um, we each one wake one. So please like, share, comment, get this 
uh, podcast going. It needs some momentum. It needs your love. It needs your connection to get out there to those ears who are just waiting, waiting for this message and to know that they are not alone and to have a little fun while they are on their journey. So thank you very much. Thank you to the listener. And we are going to be having episode two, guest number two in a month's time. So the idea is that this podcast will be dropped once a month. If it becomes a little, um, you know, bigger than that, awesome. But I'm committing to once a month. So thank you so much, Besh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, they can find you at besh.ca. That's B-E-S-H dot C-A. And this will not be our last conversation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Much love. Much love to you too. Bye, Besh. Bye-bye. Well, that concludes this episode of the Let Your Woo Woo Show podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and don't forget to share to anyone you think would enjoy it. And remember, we are all a little woo-woo. That's what makes you you. Much love to you all. Until next time.